Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Classroom Matters podcast with me, your host, Christy Houle, where we dive into the hottest topics in education. Today, our guest is David McBee. David is passionate about reading, self-improvement, health, the outdoors, and his family. David is also a podcast host, public speaker, and is the author of the children's book series, DJ's Off-Road Adventures. In this series, it teaches elementary school children lessons on dealing with bullies, overcoming fear, and the power of teamwork. Welcome to the show, David. Hi, it's happy to be here. Hi. Okay, so we're going to dive into what I just said about your book series and the things that it deals with. So bullying, teamwork, I'm sure there's a little anxiety stuff going on in those books with DJ, and you have dealt with a lot of that, um, all of those things throughout your life which is sort of what got you to this point in your life, which is writing children's books and doing all kinds of other really cool things in your life. So talk to us a little bit about your journey and how you got to the point where you wanted to write children's books. Well, it's a funny, it's actually a funny story because I never ever had write children's book on my bucket list. Like it wasn't something I ever even thought about. I am a big self-improvement junkie and I always wanted to write a self-improvement book. And I Kind of did a self-improvement journey book, um, but the 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 children's book just kind of snuck up on me. And if you're open to the story, it's 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 kind of fun. I was actually um, getting my Jeep built. Like I have a Jeep and I was getting a lift kit and the winch and the whole thing so I could go off road. Right. And um, guy comes out of the back and he's like, is that your Jeep back there? And I was like, yeah, he goes, pretty cool. Do you want to go to my wedding? <laughs> what? he's like yeah um i'm roommates with dave he's the guy building the jeep and like we're gonna get married on top of a mountain in colorado and i need someone to help cart guests up to the top of the mountain and your jeep could get there and i was like i've never done anything like that i live in kansas we don't have mountains right but sure sounds like fun so we went out there and uh and it was amazing like take going to the top of the mountain and going above the tree line be, all those things are beautiful but then we went out to Moab, Utah, mm-hmm. which is kind of like what I call the Jeep playground of the world, right? People come from all over the world to go off-roading in Moab. And they took me on this obstacle. And it was the scariest moment of my life. Imagine a Hot Wheel toy driving up the back of a dinosaur. That's kind of what it was like. It was like a 70, 80 foot drop on the left, 70, 80 foot drop on the right. And it was about 15 feet of rock. And it was like, doing this. And I had the, a massive panic attack. Like I thought I was going to pass out. So of course I just put the car in park, put on the brake and I just kind of breathed. And I didn't know these people that well. And I'm embarrassed. I'm really freaking out. And I'm totally embarrassed. They get out of there. The guy in front of me gets out of his Jeep. He comes back to me. The guy behind me gets out of his Jeep. He, he They walk up to me. They're standing right here. I've got my hands on the steering wheel, white knuckled. And they're just <laughs> so nice to me. You got this. You're going to be all right. Take deep breaths. Get in, and, and they kind of just walked with me as I drove over this obstacle. And I accomplished that goal. And of course, it was the greatest week ever. We went to mountaintops. We went to ledges. It was all very, very scary, but it was so exciting, right? To You ever have one of those moments where you face one of your fears and it just makes you feel super alive? Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. And so when I got back, I was telling that story to people and somebody said, that sounds like a great children's book. And I was like, 
it does I'm like yeah it's a little bit like the the little engine that could and so i said okay um i'm a i'm gonna turn myself into a, a car a little blue truck and i'm gonna go through this experience and i i tell the story of dj facing his fear and having the best time of his life thanks to these new friendships mm-hmm. so you're dj my uh, dj technically stands for david's jeep uh-huh. So, uh, but yeah, the character in the book is based on my true experience. Uh-huh. And so there are several DJs off-road adventures books. Um, so tell us a little bit about each one of those. So after the first one, I thought, okay, I'm done. Uh, this was a very expensive endeavor, right? I hired a, 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 an artist had to publish it, make very little money on the book, got to sell a thousand of them just to break even, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I got that out of my system, whatever. But then we're on another trek, if you will. And these things just keep happening. Like, like my buddy fell, his Jeep fell in a hole and we all climbed on his Jeep and pulled him out. And then we ran across someone who needed help and we helped them. And I thought, man, the teamwork thing that's going on right here would make another good story. And so we wrote book two about teamwork and paying it forward. Like someone has helped you. Now it's your turn to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And then book three happened when uh, when my wife bought a pink Jeep and we were like, I, I noticed that females, ladies in the, in the off-roading community kind of got marginalized because it's a man's sport. And I thought that was BS. So I wrote book three about how girls can do anything boys can do with a pink mm-hmm. Jeep and candy. Mm-hmm. So these books are really a testament to not only just the power of teamwork and and support and overcoming your fears, but it really is sort of, I think, a testament to some things that you've been through aside from the incident, the incident on the side of the mountain, um, or going up the mountain in your Jeep. So what are some other experiences in your life that you think have led to, you know, you wanting to have, well, just the courage to even write this book, right? Because we're always worried about failure, especially folks that are later on in life that decide they want to take on writing a children's book like you did. Um, so, you know, were there other things in your life and your past experience that have really driven you to want to push this into the world for children as well? Well, I have a friend who mentioned to me once that she thinks that inspiration is divinely inspired and that if you don't act on that inspiration, that you are, you know, you're, you're, you're not giving to the world something that is unique to you. Right. And so it can be a very scary thing to put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. but I, I decided to take the risk. I'm like, I want to build this children's book. I want to put it out there because I feel like it could help someone else overcome their fears. To, to answer your question a little more specifically, um, I'm a big fan of Mel Robbins. And one of the things that Mel Robbins teaches is that fear and anxiety um, are actually the exact same physical emotions or that give you the exact same same physical characteristics as excitement. If you think about it, like if I like start going, like I'm breathing heavy and I'm shaking, do you know if I'm afraid or am I excited? Mm-hmm. Like, am I about to fall off a cliff or am I about to meet Taylor Swift? Like, you don't know. <laughs> like it could be either of those things. And so what I have discovered is that when I'm feeling afraid, 
if I can tell my mind, if I can tell my soul, if I can tell my body, hey, this isn't fear, this is excitement, this is a version of excitement, and I can embrace it, then I can get past that fear. And, and really, like I said, on the other side of that fear, you just feel more alive. Mm-hmm. You feel better having accomplished that goal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that exactly answered your question or not. I'm yeah. sorry. So really the book sort of would relate to any, any experience that you're having in your life with fear and anxiety and bullying. Right. So a friend of mine actually uh, sent me a, a little a video of their son who was really afraid to do something. I think he was afraid to get in the pool or something like that. It was something that a, a five-year-old was afraid of. And she captured him saying, well, I'm going to face my fear just like DJ did. And I'm going to be excited about getting in the pool. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, like that's the whole reason this book right. exists is that so when a child has a fear, they can remember how DJ overcome that overcame that fear. And maybe they can use those same tools. And then into your adulthood, I mean, how many of us look back on the things that impacted us as a child? I still think of Super Grover, you know, and and all the things that Grover meant to me back in the day, the Sesame Street days, right? So if if a teenager or an adult is struggling with anxiety and they can remember that tiny little lesson that anxiety is the same thing as, as excitement, maybe I can help them overcome really big fears and something more important than just getting in the swimming pool. Do you think that the anxiety and the, and the bullying and all those things have gotten worse over the last 10 to 20 years? Or do you just think that we know more about it because of social media and people are more comfortable talking about it? Where, where do you see that, that growth in some of these issues over the last decade or two decades? I absolutely think it's worse. I absolutely believe that. And I don't have the stats to back that up, but I did just read Rain Wilson's book, Soul Boom, and he talks about um, pandemics, not the COVID-19 pandemic specifically, but the pandemic of what is happening with our youth and how there's more suicides at younger ages. There is more anxiety. There's more depression. There's more mental health issues now than there's ever been. And I really, I don't think I'm an expert on that topic, but I really feel like social media and screen addiction, I think those are some of the things that are really feeding that. Things we didn't have as children, we would go outside and play kickball or go ride bikes And I feel like there's health benefits from those things. Whereas Mm -hmm. these children spend so much time doom scrolling on Snapchat that they don't get to have those experiences. So, and I'm sure your audience probably agrees with most of that and is trying to find uh, a solution to that. And I I think it's as easy as go outside, Mm -hmm. put the screen down and go outside. Everyone feels better when, when I go on a weekend with my Jeep buddies and we don't have very good coverage. I don't really look at my screens for a few days and I feel so much better. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording about our children and our age of children and you have two older children and I have three teenagers who we've had that screen time struggle. And it really is true. Once they put that down, once we force them to, to separate from that after a day or two, they're like, oh, it, it's like they're a different person. Um, and, you know, now too, talking about anxiety and fear those are things that teachers are really having to handle. Whereas probably when I was in school and when you were in school, our teachers, we showed up, they taught us the curriculum, they taught us our lessons, and then we went home. They weren't as you know involved in our lives as I think teachers have become. 
And so having resources like this in their classroom, in their library, I think are really, really important for students to be able to pick up a book and to be able to relate to the characters along with maybe an interest of them, obviously little boys and even little girls. I actually have a really good friend that just brought a brand new Jeep. Um, and she's pretty pumped about it. And I, now I want to buy a Jeep because I rode in her Jeep and I'm like, well, now I need a Jeep. <laughs> you know, it is one of those things where people don't understand it until you buy a Jeep. Yeah. Best marketing campaign ever, whatever was it's a Jeep thing. You wouldn't understand. It's yeah. And so it's true. true. So it true. is true because I know we're kind of digressing a little bit, but for those people that are listening, I used to be somewhat annoyed by all the Jeep stuff. And I'm like, really? But now that I ride around in a Jeep all the time, I'm like, I totally get it. Now I need a Jeep. Um, so what do you want uh, kids to take away, the biggest takeaway that you want? Um, you know, obviously you don't write children's books to make a million dollars. So you write them to have an effect on the people that are reading them for a, a takeaway so that kids can relate. So what do you really envision that to be for a child that happens to pick up your book off of the bookshelf and sit down and read it? I think that each book really focuses on that one specific lesson, you know, and I want them to learn that particular lesson. If I could spend more time on it, I would have a dozen books and each mm -hmm. book would have a new life lesson. But, you know, book one is truly about facing your fear and the whole anxiety is excitement kind of concept. But it's also about kindness because these people I went off road with were people I didn't know that well who could have just said, get out of here, go home. Like you can't, you can't keep up with us, mm -hmm. but they didn't, they embraced me and we became lifelong friends because of it. In book two, it's all about paying it forward. It's all about teamwork. It's about helping others. Um, as, as I dive into my fifties, I'm, you know, learning to embrace spirituality is more a part of my life. And the biggest takeaway I, I, I can, I can take from that is that we are all one. You know, we are all brothers. We are all sisters. We are all one family. And if we treated strangers like we were family, the whole world would be a better place. Mm -hmm. And that's what DJ and his friends do in book two. They come across strangers who need help and they just, they act with love. And then book three, I mean, I just really wanted to, to speak out for young women. My daughter is 17. She just founded the Feminist Leaders Club at her high school. Like she is all girl power all the time. And I was like, I want to represent that in my books because Jeeps and trucks kind of have a boyish feel about them, but they shouldn't, they don't need to. It's just like anybody can get behind the wheel of a Jeep, right? So to have these female off-road characters get mm -hmm. marginalized by a couple of mean jerk trucks, and then for them to just show up and say, look, look what we can do. We can do everything. I love that. I want little girls to read that and go, yes, I can do that too. Yeah. So talking about the creative process and, and failure and anxiety, was there anxiety while you were writing the book? No, it was, I would say it was mostly just fun, right? I, I would, uh, I would send the um, artist photographs of our actual Jeep adventures and he would turn those into cartoons and I was like, that was mm -hmm. fun. But as far as the anxiety goes, it was like, this is expensive. This is uh, like, why am I doing this? Like, I, is anyone going to read this? Am I going to sell eight books? Am I going to sell 80? Am I going to sell 800? Like, it, it, am I wasting my time? All those things came into play. But then my friend's voice was in my head saying, 
creativity is divinely inspired and you owe it to the world to put your creativity out there. No one else could have written that book. You know, this mm -hmm. book could not exist if it weren't for my experience and my willingness to go through that process. And mm -hmm. that's what she just kept saying to me. And I was like, I have to, I have to pull the trigger on it. And I got a book four in my head and it's like, okay, I got to find the time. I got to find the money because I feel divinely inspired to write this book for, I've just got to put it out there. Even if I never sell a million copies of it, I, I just want to put it out there because it's part of my soul. And I want to share that with the world. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you give to people that are listening? Because I guarantee you, there are people listening that are thinking, I've always wanted to write a children's book. I've always wanted to go through this process, but all the reasons that David just said is why is what's keeping me back. So what advice would you give them to overcome some of those challenges of time and money and maybe feeling like they wouldn't sell any books? Well, I would say this. I am not the guy to talk to about getting published by a publishing company. Like I have no idea even how to do that or if there's value in that. But for you to get your book up on Amazon, it's quite a bit easier than you might realize. Like you just convert the files into the right ebook files, upload them, and they'll print them on demand. You know, anybody can be a, a published author on Amazon because all you have to do is go through the process. There's no vetting. There's no, oh, your book's not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's like you can get it out there. And then there will be people who want that. There's there's going to be somebody who wants it. I did have to pay an artist, you know, to, to do my work, but maybe you've got a, another friend who's always wanted to, to be the artist in a children's book and you've got the idea. Team up, you know, put that out there to, together and it won't be so such an expensive process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right. A lot of, a lot of folks think of the expense and then just the process of it and how do they fit it in? You know, I've talked to a lot of authors that have written children's books that say, I just carried around a pad with me. And when I had an idea, I just jotted it down. And then I'd sit down when I had five minutes, 10 minutes here. Um, but you know, we're, we're finding more and more folks later in life that are having so many great life experiences or sometimes traumatic life experiences that are really pushing them to put their story out there in, in a form of a children's book. And I also feel that we are in an age of where hardback children's books in hands are becoming less and less um, prevalent. Um, you know, my, my older son just told me the other day that he took a book in to work and was sitting working and they thought he was nuts or they thought he was really, really smart because he was just reading a book <laughs> instead of looking at his phone. And it's, you know, it's sad that it's gotten to that, but that's really the truth. If you see someone with a book in their hand, somewhere, you do have that impression of them. Whereas 10, 20 years ago, that was normal for someone to be reading a book or a newspaper. And now it's not. And so do you think that the importance of, of you know, because I know you can get your book on Kindle, I know you can read it electronically, but do you feel that there's more importance in a child picking up your book off of a bookshelf and having that hard copy in their hand? Mm. I think the best way to answer that question is to tell you that my experience in reading children's books to my kids was instrumental in our relationship, mm -hmm. right? There were a few times, I remember there was like a great Dr. Seuss app and I could download it and just hit the next button and it would read it out loud to my daughter and all that. But that didn't compare to the Pinkalicious books or me reading the Lorax to her in my own character voices, right? Or my wife does these amazing character voices. And that's something that's going to 
not just give the book to your child, but give an experience, a mother son experience, a father daughter mm-hmm. experience that you can't really get from a phone or an iPad. So mm-hmm. I absolutely believe there's value in actually having the hard book in your hand and, and like turning the pages and, and going through that with your children. Yeah. yeah. So tell all of our listeners where they can find your books. Well, first of all, they're going to be easy to find on Amazon. You know, just look for me, the author, David McBee, M-C-B-E-E, or look up DJ's Off-Road Adventure. That's D-J, like like a disc jockey. But um, And then um, DJ's Off-Road Adventures.com. Also, we have our website, so you can order them there. Um, it's also kind of fun if you're interested in following DJ's Off-Road Adventures on Instagram. I actually show my real Jeeps and our real adventures and some of the cool things that we do with the Jeeps. So if you're interested in it because of the Jeep aspect, that Instagram might be fun to follow as well. Okay. Well, David, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the Classroom Matters podcast. Everybody go out, grab your DJ's Off-Road Adventures books. Um, It'd be great for summer reading, especially if you are out and about and taking road trips and driving around and seeing Jeeps. Um, Kids can really relate to that and also with some struggles that some of the kids are having. So thank you so much for not only writing these books, but making them available to everyone. And I'm hoping that we do see a number four coming out really soon. We're going to keep our fingers crossed on that, David, but no pressure. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm truly grateful. And this is Christy Hull signing off for this episode of the Classroom Matters Podcast.